0: Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we stay, we'll go into the city. The famine is there, and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian armies, kings, to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was, and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes, and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent, and took some things from it, and hid them also.
1: Let's pray together. O Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we come to You today. And as we wrap up this sermon series, Lord, we want to just give You honor and praise. And so, Lord, I ask that You would use this passage of Scripture the way You intended it. So, Lord, the things that You have laid on my heart and on the hearts of people in the congregation, Lord, that You would use them and that You would speak to us this morning. Lord, that You will continue to speak into our hearts and minds and souls and strength. That You would speak to all of us. All that we are. And in Your holy name we pray. Amen. So we've looked at, I love my church by serving. I love my church by giving. I love my church as that community that comes together. And today, you might be asking yourself a little bit of, I didn't hear about the church in that passage of Scripture. Uh, how does this speak to us? Well, I was challenged a few months ago that this passage of Scripture um, not only speaks to the heartbeat of the church, it speaks to the heart of God and the urgency that He places. And it's one of those Old Testament stories that you're kind of like, God, are You calling us back out to fight? Are You calling us to take arms and we're going to rush against... Indianapolis as a people or what's going on? It's kind of like, what is God telling us here? Well, I think this passage talks to the urgency of how we need to be sharing our faith. It talks to the urgency of that people are dying. And if you look at this passage of Scripture, You might not fully understand all of the context here. And so if we dive back into chapter 6, we learn that the king of the army had sent his whole army. He sent tons of men against the city of Samira. And inside the city, a famine had occurred. And inside the walls, people were starving. They were even killing their donkeys. And a head of a donkey sold for 80 shekels of silver. A quarter of a cob of seed pods for five shekels. The king of Israel is passing by the wall. And a woman starts crying out in chapter 6 to him in, in 20, or verse 26. As, she, as he was passing by the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me! My Lord the King! The king replied, If the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the thresher's floor? From the wine press? Then he answered, What is the matter? She answered, This woman said to me, give up your son so we may eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him. But she had hidden him. The siege of the people, the siege of the city, There was no food. They were starving to this point. They were resorting to cannibalism. We see how these two women reacted. Bad things were happening inside the city walls. My question is, as we look at these four lepers, how worse was it for them? If the people who had plenty, who had resources, were now starving, the four lepers who sat outside the city walls who begged for food because they weren't allowed to go work, they had to get charity. They're now sitting there saying, we have no food. We have nothing. And I believe this is a comparison to the situation we find ourselves and see the world. There are people in this world who do not have Jesus Christ, who have sin, and they are in need of a Savior. And their sin has condemned them. The first point, the first connection is we are all condemned by our sins. And sometimes we need to step back and recognize for ourselves to ask that question. And some of you, we've been dialoguing. Why do people need Christ? Sometimes being saved, we start to forget about those questions. We sometimes forget what it was like before we got saved. And to some degree, that's good because we're rejoicing in the Spirit, we get to experience God, but there's people that are around us that don't get to experience that love, that relationship. And so it's a starting point for us to recognize that all have fallen short. We've all sinned. And so like these women, they're in the midst of going through great pain and agony. They had no food. I can't imagine sacrificing Josiah so that we could live. I don't think any of us can. We've never been in that situation. But we have been in the situation that we needed a Savior. And aren't you get glad He didn't leave us there? So we continue on. The leopards... They're there. They're experiencing this great hunger. This great famine. and So they're going up. They're going up to the army. The people who should kill them because they're Israelites. And they've decided, well, if we die here by hunger or if we die by the sword, at least we're trying to go get some food. So let's go. Let's go up. And it made me think of this connection between Christ and the lost. And that there are people who are searching. And What is our role? What is our role if we're sitting in the pew in the seats today? What is our role in this process? and as a good farm boy a thought farm boy saying came to mind you can't you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink i wrote that at the top of a piece of paper while i was doing my notes and at the bottom of it our job as believers is not to make people drink. It's to make them thirsty. It's to make them so thirsty as they see us living with that fresh water of who Christ is swelling up inside of us, that they want what we have. When they see us live out who we are in Christ, they should get thirsty. They should see us And wants what we have. So, number two. In this passage, it should be compelled by our Savior to live out our faith. To live out everything that we are. You see, the four were faced with impossible situations. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? We'll go up into the city. The famine is there. And we would die there. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. Their only hope was unknown. The people of our world, the people of our community, the people at your work, the people at your school, they're searching for something. They're searching and finding something to fill that God-shaped hole. But you and I, we have the answer. We have a Savior who compels us. A Savior who has told us how to fill that void and where we have that hope. I love the songs we've been singing this morning because it is Christ. He is enough. But as I turn on the news as I hear different topics that are going on, people in our nation, people in Hancock County are turning to opiates to get release from the pain, release from their life. People are joining gangs. They're joining this or that, looking for fulfillment. They're looking for acceptance. And I believe those who are inside this wall, inside this church, you know where true acceptance comes from. And as we live our lives, as many of you do, you go into the community and you have the Spirit of the Lord. People are brushing up against you. And they experience who Christ is. When you reach out and shake their hand, you say hello. You go to their house with a tub of soup just to check on them to see how they're doing. You see, sharing Christ is not just going and giving a Gospel presentation. Sharing Christ is how you live your life. 2 Corinthians 5.14 For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. Do we take that to heart when we're interacting with people? The four needed hope. They needed something For them, it was literally they needed food because they wanted to live. I again come back to the analogy. Christ is the bread of life. He is the food that people need and are looking for. And as the church, He has entrusted us to share. He's trusted us to talk to the neighbor whose locker is right beside yours and how your smile will show Christ each and every day. He's entrusted us with the bread of life to give to those around us. I put a quote that my evangelism professor had shared at seminary in your outline at this point. D.T. Niles said, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Where do you find hope? When somebody who is in need of hope Point them to Christ. The third lesson that I see in this passage is that we are commissioned by our Savior. When the lepers went up and they told the gatekeeper of the city what they had seen, the city officials at first did not believe them. You see, as we read on in chapter 7, they actually go back to the city to share what they have found. That they have found food and that the enemy is completely gone. And as the officials are being told that the army is gone, they didn't quite believe him. The leaders send out scouts to go see see the land and to confirm or find out that they were false is what they thought. And suddenly they come back and report. No. This is true. The army is gone. The camp is deserted. We can go take the food and the wealth. We can go up and get the horses and the donkeys and what other livestock was there and what food was prepared and what food was in the wagons. They were going to find hope. They were going to find safety. They were going to find a meal. And for the people inside the walls, they needed it. Back to the comparison. Our world needs Jesus Christ. They're not always going to believe that they need Jesus Christ. Some of our family members are not always going to believe. But it doesn't stop us from loving them out of the hope that we have. It should compel us, a Savior who is willing to die for us, to go into the world. Again, in Second Corinthians, chapter 5, we're called Christ's ambassadors. Called to go into the world and be the reconciliation and to bring reconciliation into the world. Let us never forget that. Because what would have happened? What would have happened if the four had just decided This is a lot of good food. This is a lot of good treasure. Let's just keep it for ourselves. Who cares about the people inside the city? They can find their own food. We're living in a world. We're living in a society who desperately needs our Savior. And I love our church because we live out our faith not just inside the four walls. We live our faith out. And in doing so, we share who Christ is. We live our faith out everywhere we go. Christ is not just inside these walls so today, as we close, I want us to spend some time reflecting. Contemplating. The worship team is going to play through the song that we'll sing at the end to close us. But on the screen, there's going to be some images of our community and some passages of Scripture. Where do you go that you can share who Christ is? Some of these places you might even not think that you're sharing Christ. But reflect and then let's worship together.